We'd like to thank our sponsor, SLC Guitar, for another sweet guitar riff. Welcome to another episode of Build with Breen Homes, where we talk all things construction, business management, and just have a good old time behind the microphone. Sure is nice to be back on a podcast here today, and today we've got a very special guest with us. We've got uh, Kirk from Red Technologies, man. I really appreciate you coming in today and being willing to step into what we would call the subcontractor role of this this kind of discussion. But also, uh, you know, I really look forward to hear what Red Technologies has and what you guys bring to the table for us. You know, and I appreciate you being here. So, you know, let's turn the time over to you to give us a quick introduction of who you are and what Red does. Well, thanks for having me. So, yeah, Red Red Group or Red Technology Group, we are a technology integrator. So our job is to take technology within a custom residential house and make everything work well together. So from networks, which is kind of the backbone of everything these days, networking and Wi-Fi to connect to smart homes, everything in between from doorbells and smart lighting, motorized window shades, audio visual, et cetera. So that's what we do. Just in a nutshell. In a nutshell, yeah. I like that. I appreciate that. And you are one of Breen Homes subcontractors, correct? Does he claim that? I don't know. Let's find out. Adam? Golly, you're going to enter me in right away. (laughs) Absolutely. But the question is, do you prefer subcontractor or trade partner? Ooh, good question. Good question. So we'll let you answer that. Oh, and it's back. Kelly, you're going to throw it right back (laughs) to my court. You know, I've always used those intertwined as a, a, you know, statement or or name for subcontractors, trade partners. And I've always thought in my mind, a trade partner is somebody we're working to try to improve our businesses together. But on the flip side, so are we with subcontractors. So for me, I've always used those intertwined, but I've always wondered if that is a, if that's something that bothers a subcontractor or not. If I call you a trade partner, does that make you feel more attached to me or kind of like, yeah, he's just trying to elevate the fact that I'm a subcontractor? I don't think I've ever had a general contractor call me a trade partner. <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe you need more general contractors, maybe, better general contractors. Better, maybe, perhaps, but uh, no, I actually would have never thought of that way. I would have thought of it as a positive outlook on what trade partner would be because from my perspective, I think that's important, right? I yep. think it's... We, as subcontractors or trade partners, need to be partners with the general contractor and be involved in that process. So, so I, I like it. There you go. So, yes, Red is a trade partner of mine. <laughs> Good okay. to know. Trade partner it is. <laughs> I'll write, write that, that down. down. <laughs> trade. Yeah, both of you started writing things down right away. Here we go. partner it is. I, uh, you know, as we jump into this, I, I got a caveat first. Do you, do you all care if I make a statement here first? Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I'm not going to start the fighting yet. Okay. Ready, go. Uh, so, so Red Technologies is a fabulous trade partner of ours, and uh, both Kirk and I go back some years. You know that I would say we also have a good friendship. As we kind of talked about having this podcast and working together, I thought, you know, let's let's have some fun with this. Let's you know low blow a little bit here and there. Let's enjoy talk about some of these processes that we do that we like that we don't like. But I, I do want to caveat that. As we start talking subcontractors, trade partners, and general contractors, you know, we're we're not as we're joking about some of this getting into it. We're really not trying to slander general contractors as a blanket statement or subcontractors as a blanket statement. Some of this will be brought up as probably more of you know things that we've seen, how we want to improve, joking a little bit. So I don't want anybody to take any offense to it. And I think that was the statement that I wanted to come at. You know, ultimately, Red Technologies and I 
have a, an awesome relationship. We're constantly looking for ways to build and grow each other's businesses, become better trade partners, truly make money and, and build a, a successful home for our clients. So you know, there's my statement piece. <laughs> that sounded a lot like a, with all due respect, <laughs> disclosure <laughs> type of statement. <laughs> and now let's take off the gloves <laughs> or put them on. <laughs> well, Kurt, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Adam first. What was the first job you guys were on together? How did that go? And then the second job, how did that work out? After you've got one kind of behind you, what did you guys do to solidify the relationship? So I think that's an interesting question. I coming in, knowing that I was going to come in here and talk about being a subcontractor for Adam, our relationship, et cetera, I thought a little bit about it because it's been a while. Like it's been a long time. I kind of remember the initial, so I would say we were friends first, right? Mm-hmm. Friends for a long time. We had talked about doing stuff together. Did finding you the, start your friendship through association or yep. you just meet Home builders association. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Tinder. Tinder.com. Tinder. <laughs> nice. Nice. And he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. put out. So yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't work out, but we stayed friends. <laughs> okay. That's another conversation. We'll come back and talk about that one. <laughs> he got, he got friended at friend zone. Um, <sighs> But yeah, Home Builders Association, serving in the Home Builders Association together is how we met. I would say that, that and, uh, like I said, initially we were friends for, for a good period of time, and it took a little bit of time before we actually started doing work together. I think Adam wanted to use us and, and try us out, but I think trying to find that right project and kind of change his process because it's, it's probably not a, a, an easy situation. I think the first project that we worked with you on was the one down in Dimple Dell, if I'm not mistaken. That little development that you yep. did in there yep. that we came in and wired up. Do you remember what you, what you were working on in there? Yeah, we wired up for, uh, we did a pre-wire in there for some speakers and TVs and network. Wasn't too extravagant, but it had some nice stuff in mm-hmm. it. For okay. sure. Okay. And that was our, our first project. I remember meeting your project manager out there, trying to jive on the process side, which is always kind of hard right. uh, when we first start with the new general contractor because they have a process way that they do stuff we do and trying to come together we're all very busy that makes it kind of hard sometimes so we did that project for him so in that project was there a point in time where you're like okay here's green home structure this is the super on site these are some of the things that i think that bringing red group into the picture might help them as far as the structure, as far as I'm trying to think a cleaner process. Part. Right. Right. This is how they, do this is how now. we can help you. This is how we can help them move through this process a little bit better. Was there some of those aha moments in that project? I think in the beginning of things there. So now when we sit down with the general contractor and we're interviewing each other, trying to right. see if we're going to do work together, we actually ask questions about their process to try okay. to understand that back then we didn't do that. And maybe, maybe Adam was throwing me a bone too, saying, hey, I know, yeah, we'll try out. Yeah, I don't know what that process was like, but we didn't really have those initial conversations up front. So we didn't really understand his process. But I do know that he was, I believe, using his electrician at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think my pitch probably to him was, you know, this is what we specialize in. We could add value to your customers, to your process, and because we specialize and technology. And so we're on the forefront of that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's probably how I pitched it. Yeah. Technology is a very unique subject when it comes to, you know, clients and trying to sell them on my end from a, from a custom, you know, home builder and general contractor, 
you walk in and, and the concept of hanging a TV on the wall and not showing wire, you know, coming down the wall is is kind of foreign to most people. How do you do that? It's very simple in, in the technology world, but you start to mix in almost the difference of somebody talking a, a computer language versus standard language that people don't understand. So when people come in and you start talking smart home, you know, a lot of our clients have struggled throughout the years of what does that mean? Are we, are we, are we wanting a full smart home, lighting control, garage door control, alarm, security, cameras, speakers, or in, when, when we say smart home, are we just talking, I want a, a thermostat that works off my phone, right? So that's always been a hard one for us to, to sell. And, and as we started to work with Red Technologies, the processes that Kurt brought in to help homeowners understand that, break it down, get started early on in the process were really key for us. So yes, early on, it was a relationship that festered into, let's try to work together. Let's see how this goes. I think it'd be safe to say throughout the years of, of Kirk and I working together that the our processes individually and together have changed. We've always found ways to come back to say, what do we care about is a cleaner, better process, efficiency, something that sells the, the client correctly to what they want, what they need, and makes us money. If I kind of go back to the original first project I saw with Kirk, it was a test, but I quickly saw that our personalities, our minds thought very similar right. of yes, we can grow and process together. So we've morphed throughout the years. I mean, it's been, what, probably five, six years now that we've worked together on projects. It's been a long time, yeah. You know, and most of that has grown over time into the processes we both deal with now. And why, you know, when we talked about bringing on a, a trade partner onto the show, I thought Kirk was really good, is a lot of the times we get stuck on a phone call where I call and say, where we at on, you know, such and such project. And then we go into this, what are we doing with processes? Where are you at? What's working for you currently? What do we need to do? How do we align with you? And it's a good, very concise, clear communication. You know, so I, I think Kirk's mind works very well, similar to mine, of how do we make ourselves better and not just repeat the same headache job after job after job. I'd agree with that. I'd say that we are very like-minded from a process perspective, very process-oriented. And I think because of that, we've clicked and it's worked out well. And even though our process, at least my process, I can't speak for you earlier on, probably wasn't as developed. Um, I think for now, or now it has become more developed. And, and you know, definitely you've been part of that process as I'm coming up with new ideas to make things better. And, you know, I'd give you a call and say, hey, what do you think about this? Does this add value to you or take away? What do you think? Yeah. So what, uh, Kirk, what do you believe makes a partnership with a general contractor successful? He's laughing at me over here. He doesn't like that. I was like, yeah, cool. Okay, cut it. You know, I, I think, and this is the reason why I say this. Ultimately, I love that we we talk our process, but I also look at that and I go, I, you know what? We have a good process. Let's talk some generalities at, at what can other people get out of this, you know, our discussion that comes back to saying, man, I, I need to look for that in my subcontractor trade partner relationships. That's a good question. We've had that conversation over the years. I, you know, I think, the process is the most important thing and understanding your process is just as important as me knowing my process and having one and, and figuring out how to integrate that. I think oh too often as a subcontractor or salespeople are just looking to sell, right? And they're not thinking about that. So they'll they'll reach out to a general contractor. They will ask if they have any work coming up that they can bid on and they kind of approach it from the bid process and they don't even have those conversations about process. So they're looking to just sign the next contract and move yes, on. Yes, I think that happens a lot. And the issue with that is it's very hard to be successful in a long-term relationship when each party doesn't understand 
the ins and outs of that relationship and how to make that work and, and successful. So it's working together in a sense of just aligning, whether it's aligning processes or aligning, aligning like-minded that it works for each other, becomes successful. And that's not every contractor, right? I mean, my my process is going to be totally different than, you know, three or four other custom home builders out there. So you right. may not fit with everybody. Oh, that's very, very much so the case. So when I sit down with the general contractor now, some of the questions that I ask them is I, I want to understand what their market segment looks like, their demographic of their clients, the cost of the homes, size of the homes. But more so, I want to understand their process. Mm-hmm. You know, when are they going to get me involved in that process? Is it going to be an afterthought? Are they thinking about it in the forefront, right? How does the billing side of it work? Um, you know, so from design or conceptual thinking all the way through the end, what does that process look like? And are we going to be able to integrate into that? Yeah. Because there are some general contractors that don't, right? They, it's an afterthought. They and, and AV is one of those, or low voltage or AV is one of those. Technology is one of those that's a little bit unique in the sense that, you know, if I look back, Oh, shoot. Uh, 2007 time frame it was. We were doing theaters, audio systems. The general contractor would really only bring us in if the client asked for it. Whereas if you fast forward to today, a lot's evolved and changed. So if you look at, you know, the first iPhone came out, I think it was 2008 time frame, right? During the market downturn, the housing market downturn. So you fast forward to when things picked up in 2012, 2013, the clients or the homeowner's preferences for technology had changed dramatically in that time. Yeah. And so it kind of required the general contractor to look at things differently as well because yeah. they're now connecting to more things. Technology is a bigger part of what's going on in the home. And so, but it doesn't mean that every general contractor understands that process and isn't even thought about it. We run across general contractors still today that it's an afterthought, but yeah. more and more general contractors are making us part of that design team because it's we touch on just about everything in the home see and that brings up a good question at least for me thinking about it from a client's perspective or even a contractor's perspective when you're putting together a bid you could easily go all right i'm just going to use my electrician to get this taken care of to just do this part of the wiring and electrical work but when you talk with the client you really got to get into in depth with them about what exactly do you want to put in your house? Are you looking for automated blinds or any kind of home automation period? And then it automatically, I'm assuming it automatically kicks over to like red group. Yeah. I mean, listen, ultimately you're never going to go into enough detail on everything in the early sales stages to capture everything the homeowner wants. Okay. It's truly, I've said for 22 years and me being the industry nowadays that I can go over what I think the details are and I will still miss, you know, the type of wall plate I'm putting over the electrical, you know, on the, on the outlets or the switches, Got it. the, the 90 degree baseboard that has a little bit of a cove round on it when the client wanted a true 90 degree, right. you're never going to catch all that detail, but this goes back on to the early stages of, as I'm meeting with my client, I need to have enough understanding in that client's personality of who they are, the home they're building, the price margin they want to be that I can correctly put them in there. Now, I fell at it all the time. Let's be honest. How many times have I called you, Kirk, and said, man, my budget is $25,000 on this house, and that's enough to pre-wire and start in on some equipment, but it's not enough to get what my client wants. Mm. The technology world can sway, you know, and maybe, Kirk, you can answer this question, on a, let's talk a low-end but still custom home, what would you put at a minimum price you've got to come in and wire and put some equipment in into like a 
high-end custom home that you're finishing out in, you know, the Park City to Valley market. Yeah. So Give me a could, huge sway there. Yeah. So the stock square footage pricing, right? So, you, I mean, you could be a dollar a square foot for just pre-wire. Mm-hmm. Up to three dollars a square foot for some trim on speakers, those type of things, all the way up to forty, fifty dollars a square foot. Yeah, for full finished. So we go an average square foot home. That's five thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand. Easy. Yeah, talking that right. I mean, talk about a huge sway. And when I look at technology, I may say, okay, I'm going to put in one percent of the cost of contract in for technology. Two and a half million dollar house, twenty five thousand dollars. Maybe I need to put in two percent. But man, if I can sway from five thousand to two hundred fifty thousand, and my client says, my typical client, let's let's kind of categorize them as a building their retirement home. They're in their early fifties, maybe into their you know early sixties. They don't want to be too technology savvy. They right. don't want to run everything from their phone. They still would appreciate to just go flip a switch, so to speak, mm-hmm. to turn on a light. So they tell me I don't need that much technology. But I've got to know that still means they're going to need automated blinds on their tall windows. They're going to use a Nest thermostat. They're going to like the technology of a, a garage door opening and closing from a security monitoring point from their phone. And now I've got to start to piece together what else they might want with that. So I can say, client, I know, but I'm a professional at this. Let me put you in that right price range. Now, here's the hard bank when it comes to technology. Most of my clients that start off saying we don't need much, then get down the rabbit hole and they start going, okay, we want, we want, we want, we right, want. Right. And I go, ooh, I priced you at that we don't need much, Mark. Mm-hmm. And I added in a little bit more, but I didn't get you at the we want it all, Mark. Right. You know, And that's where, where our relationship you know, with the Red Group has come back saying it works well. I can call Kirk and say, how can we break this down to pre-wire for what they want, put in what they need, and leave them the ability to add on later? Mm-hmm. So our processes and our technology – you know, discussions have really gone to the point of saying, we can't make this call from the get-go, but what we can do is prep this client so that they have the ability to later without trying to rig in wireless devices. Is that fair to say? It is. And I'd say you have a pretty hard job, though, because, you know, on the general contracting side of things, initially, it's the budget plays a big factor, I'm assuming, for most of your clients, right? Absolutely. When you're trying to figure out what it is that they want. It's budget, 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 right? And then once that contract's signed, right, at least I see this with a lot of other general contractors, that changes. Now it becomes, no, that tile that we took out that was more expensive, I want that. And you start to add stuff back in. And what's unique about signing that contract is once that contract's signed, you're typically moving into lending. Anything that you start to spend above and beyond that is cash out of pocket. It's a lot more expensive when you start doing cash out of pocket versus a payment on a 30-year loan. So it does. It becomes tough. And technology is one of those big ones we fight with. Yeah, and we see that all the time. So it's not not new to us. I would say that most clients don't know what they don't know, right? And and as we sit down and start to consult with them about and it, most of the time it comes down to function. How do they want their systems to function? Yeah. Right? Going back to the more ice blinds, do they want to be able to hit a button and have those blinds drop? Do they want to be able to do the same thing with their TV, right? When they hit a button, it turns the TV on, and the same music that plays speak, uh, or the same speakers that play music out out of can now play the TV sound. A lot of times it comes down to function that we find with, with the clients, and they don't know what they don't know. Uh, I would say that on our side of things, it's probably a little more complex because we do touch into everything from electrical to HVAC to the networking of the home, their personal devices that they're bringing in, TVs, et cetera. 
So it probably is a little harder, I would assume, for a general contractor from to get into the nitty gritty of that, right? Yeah. So what what would you say? This is not a trick question, and I want you to respond quickly. So let's let's catch the. What's the ultimate goal? Make money or have a happy client at the end? Happy client. You sure? Yep, hundred percent. Okay. How often have you lost but, money? Don't bug me. Don't you bug me over here. <laughs> However, <laughs> what kind of conversation is this? No, I, the, the question no, so, I asked that is a, and that's why I said it's not a trick question. It is a catch twenty two, however, because we have to make money, build a service those clients. Totally. Right? But a happy client for me is always the most important. Yeah. Because I don't want to get those phone calls of, of clients that are frustrated or upset because they didn't get what they thought they were going to get, or yeah. the system's not reliable. What that might be. I hear you, and I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Happy client is what we all go for. That's where the trade partnership between you know me and most of my subcontractors falls. That our ultimate goal is, even with a city inspector, you know, the process through designing plans, everybody wants that happy client, but no one's happy if we're not making money. For sure. And if we're not happy, we roll into a relationship where we're already sour going in those discussions with our clients that we're already trying to find ways to work around not losing or losing the least amount of money in a scenario that I go, it's not, and like I said, this wasn't a trick question. I, I knew you'd answer that way because I know you as a person. And ultimately, I care about the same thing. But the reality is, more often than not, if I'm making money, as long as my client is in the know, they know what they're spending. Even if they're spending additional, as long as they're in the know, whether they tell me, yes, we want to do that technology or no, we don't, they're happy if they know. So ultimately, I want to make money. I'm in the business to make money, truly. And and anyone can you know, come at me for saying, well, you don't care about a happy client. No, I care about a happy client, but my clients are happy if they know what they're spending. I'm happy if I'm making money, which also makes my client happy. So same to you. And I think we go back to this discussion a lot of our goal as partners together in building a home truly is to make money. We're not just out there doing this every day when it snows three inches in April <laughs> for fun. Let's be honest. We're, we're out giggles, here. Absolutely. Yeah. Not. We're out here to make money. You know, I, I think for me, the point of that question comes down to, I actually do believe we're all in it to make money. Could argue with me one way or another, and that may be hard to hear, but the reality is the best way for us to make money is to keep translucent with each other and with the client of what's going on so that they know where we're at with it and not take the position where we go, oh, my client's going to be pissed, but I'll lose money. I'm just going to lose money. I'm just going to let this go. I'm going to lose money. I forgot to bill it. I didn't tell my price on a change order before I did the work. I'm going to lose money. None of us are happy when that happens. But it happens. Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. I mean, there's many times that that's been the scenario because I look at myself as an expert, right? And if I forget to put something in there and I'm the client's expecting some sort of functionality, I'm going to eat that, right? Because it's my job to, to design a system um, accordingly. But, you know, I, that's why I said kind of, that's why I said a catch 22, right? Totally. Is for me, the end result is a happy client, but I can't get there if I don't make money or don't have the ability to service th that project either. And so, I, you know, I think when it comes down to differentiating sometimes between, and this might be a segment into this, uh, differentiating into other trades, right? Competitors. We've had this conversation a lot about, you know, general contractors, trade contractors like myself, we're getting our supplies from the same places, right? If I'm competing with someone else, my hardware costs, my technology costs, equipment costs aren't going to be different than somebody else's compared apples, apples to apples. Now, my labor might vary a little bit. How I approach things from a service standpoint might vary a little bit, right? So if there is a big cost difference, there's a reason why. And yeah. you have to ask yourself, why is that? It's a good point. I actually had this conversation, I think, last week with a subcontractor. 
uh, that was doing work in my home. And I noticed that I was being priced at a custom custom home per square foot. So I got put into an automatic category of you're building a custom home, we're going to charge more per square foot. Wow. And I thought about the scope of work of what they were doing. And I said, what are you doing different for me? Now, I understand that on like a low voltage end, you may be pulling more wire. You've got longer runs across the house. You've got, uh, you know, more runs that you're doing in certain rooms. You know, you may be doing a network system to cover the whole house. But this is a particular trade. And I'm not going to dive into the type of trade, but a particular type of trade that really there's nothing different. The bigger the house, maybe the more material they're putting in there. But they were charging more as a customer. And I, I literally went back and said, the type of home I'm building here and the type of home that you do on a track end is the same type of home. Tell me what you're doing different on my custom home. Make me feel good about this price. Right. And they honestly couldn't give me anything. And I was like, that's it. I'll, I'll go shop other bids on it. Sorry. Huh. You know, I mean, talk about trade partner versus subcontractor language, right? Mm-hmm. When we go into that. So, you know, you go back to your point of, um, of ultimately other subs or other trades that are in the same line of work that you are. And, you know, you're buying materials from the same shop. Let's be honest, they're probably relatively close. Correct. Within five or 10% of what you're paying for wire, you know, clips, equipment, material that you use. What does justify a difference in their sell price versus your sell price? Is it just they're commanding more? They feel like they can get it? So outside of labor costs, right, which can vary a little bit, I don't see that there's a huge difference. I think I think if there is a difference, there's a reason why the system is going to be different, right? So I, I pay somebody full-time in my office to go through bids and estimates to try to understand the difference between apples and oranges when I get a, a bid from two or three different technology companies. They all look different. And I've told homeowners in the past, like if you want to review a bid, good luck. <laughs> it's not like you get the same bid format and you can understand them. And you also can't scroll to the bottom and say, well, the red group's charging me 25000 and such and such technology is charging me 80000 I can't just scroll to the bottom and pick based off dollar volume, right? So in your world, this is one of my questions that comes into how you all, when I say you all trade partners, let's categorize you in technology, other technology companies have a different way to bid, right? All these different processes that go through. You also have to mirror into the process in which I do. So what's, I'm not asking what's more important. I guess what I'm looking for my words here is how do you morph into dealing with six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 20 different subcontractors systems? Or do you go back to them and ask them to morph into your system? No, that's a good question. It used to be that we would just morph, right? We would just, and, and the general contractor is a prime example of that. Whatever their process is, we would just morph into that. But we found that over time that made us very unhappy, right? Because we aren't getting the things you that we making money? Well, that's part of it. But we also aren't getting the things that we need so that we can move forward and have a totally. successful project, right? It's really hard for us. I'm a process-oriented guy, like mentioned. It's really hard if I can't have my checks and measures to make sure that things are moving forward in the way, in the fashion that it needs to, to make sure that the end result is what the client is expecting. Yeah. Right? And so with that being said, we have some flexibility now, but we have our process, right? Our process and how we approach things. When we sit down with the general contractor to meet with them the first time, we'll want to ask certain questions to make sure that aligns or not, right? With regards to an electrician or a HVAC contractor on site, they're going to have their own process as well. Our interfacing with them isn't, I think, as complex that we necessarily need to have alignment on that process, but we need to have an understanding of where that crossover is and who's doing what. 
Wouldn't it be awesome if, like, uh, you know, take architects. They all work in CAD or Revit for the most part, right? right. Some of them play in, in SketchUp. Wouldn't it be awesome if, like, we had this international building code of this is how you have to bid. This is the process you should use. You know, it's it's commonly known that everyone uses QuickBooks and financing. You know, but our world is very unique where, where most of us are blue collar. We've been forced to figure out how to start up and run a business. And those of us that get to process make up a process that works for us. But then we dive into, you know, so many others. I may work with a hundred different subcontractors on a, a project and it I'm always playing the game of, no, this is my process, you know? And if I went back to them and said, well, let me play in your process. I've got a hundred different processes. I've got to mold to on one project times that by five, if I'm using different subcontractors on every job, but you get the point, right? There's so many processes we have going along. And that's ultimately where you and I have gotten along so well as we come together and say, okay, you have your process. I have mine. Now, how do we bring those together to make them work? And I'd venture to say that your process is the glue that has to hold all the other process together, right? Mm -hmm. But yes, I think every subcontractor has to, or trade partner, um, has (laughs) to. I love I've got your head over that now. (laughs) Has to have a solid process that's going to be conducive to your process, but they, but but that has to be their own as well. Because if it's not their own, they're not going to, not going to enjoy it. To kind of back up though to your other question as far as the bidding process and. And low voltage AV companies, and if you were to get three different bids, they're vastly different. In a perfect world, I think the best process would be that you would hire a consultant, right? And I think the same probably holds true. I'll let you speak to this for the building process. But on something complex, you would hire a consultant to come in and uh, to consult and to design what it is that they're wanting on paper, put together budgets, and then put that out to bid. Mm-hmm. At that point now, everybody's bidding apples to apples, right? Because yeah. that's the problem. The problem is, is it's never apples to apples. Yeah. A good example that's not too long ago on a, a project, actually a project of yours, that we were doing um, a full technology system in. Actually, I think it was a project. It might have not have been in your project. I might take that back. It's all right. We're all the same. But, <laughs> either way, either way. Idiots. <laughs> but anyways, they signed the contract on all the audiovisual networking side of things, lighting controls, but they didn't yet sign the contract on window coverings. And the client came back to me and said, you're, you're more expensive. Like, I'm going to just, we have to go with this other person. You're more expensive. I said, and they, when they told me what the delta was or the variance between the two, I'm like, yeah, something's not right. I, I could understand if they're bidding a, a different product and it's maybe 10% difference, but 30%, not likely, right? And so I asked them to get me the information, the, the shades that they're actually doing, the type of shades, how they're controlling it, so that I can actually compare apples and apples and kind of find out they were missing two or three rooms that we actually had in the in the bid mm. in our proposal, right? And yep. so it wasn't apples to apples. Yeah. Once we uh, realized that, we were within a comfortable range, whatever that was. I don't know what their their costs were, and the client used us anyway. So I think that's that's the battle, right? Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I, I often, you know, I tend to have a little bit easier of a job where I'm bidding a plan, most likely for a client. And architects typically leave off the detail they need in an electrical plan, rarely put on anything in a technology side of plan, right? So you guys are left to very much guess what my client ultimately wants, and it makes it very hard for you. And I, I've found that even in a plan world, I tell a client, I won't build a fixed price contract for you unless you get me all the selections we're going to put in your house. I've got to know what cabinets you're putting in, flooring you're putting in, hardware you're putting in, plumbing fixtures, electrical fixtures. I've got to know all this if you want me to give you a hard price. 
most of my clients don't get there. So I'm like you, I'm suddenly guessing and putting at these budgets for them. So now when they go to compare me to a, a like contractor they want to compare on, what's my sales tactic? I have two things I truly sell. I walk in and say, listen, most important things, you've got to trust me. If you can't trust me, you're going to give me $2 million to build this pretty picture for you. If you don't trust in handing me that money, I'm going to get it done. We can't work together. It's going to be a long couple of years. Number two, you got to be able to communicate with me. Two years is ups and downs, hard times, good times, happy times, bad times. If you can't find a way to correctly communicate with me, I'm not going to deal with a wait, 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 and then one weekend blow up, you know, because you're pissed off. We, we won't have a good relationship. So, you know, similar to you, I look at these ways of going, how do you compete in that world? You're typically selling to a contractor, not as often a homeowner, or maybe you are selling to a homeowner or a mix. You know, you got to find ways to say, regardless of what his bid says, we may end up in the same area or you just need to decide what you want, but you've got to find the right company, the right person you want to work with. And I agree with that solely, uh, uh, wholeheartedly. I think that it's more about the personality of the contractor or trade partner, right? It's more about the personality and you liking that relationship. And secondarily, it's about that they're competitive, yeah. right? And, and granted, those go hand in hand, right? But if you're not, and you look at what we do, and you're no different. You're you're involved with these clients, let's say a year or two in, in the process, right? And then after, you're also dealing with these, the, or not dealing. That's probably a bad way to yeah, put it. Dealing with <laughs> it depends on the client, right? <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, you have a relationship with this client, hopefully for a long time. And it's no different for us. Like we're not a HVAC contractor that is going in and putting an HVAC system and, and it's pretty robust and reliable and it's going to function for 20 years or whatever that might be, right? On our side of things, we're integrating with a lot of technology. And let's be honest, technology isn't always reliable, mm-hmm. right? Technology fails. And so we're going to have a relationship with that client or that homeowner for a long time. Yeah, for sure. And so making sure that the homeowner or the builder is picking the right partner for them is really important, especially when it comes to what we do. Yeah. Right. Because if that process and that personality is going to clash with that homeowner, it's never going to work. Yeah. You know, I, I woke up this morning. You want to know the first thing that I said to myself? Well, thought in my mind, I didn't say it out loud. I can looked guess. Out, looked out back in my patio and I was like, God, two, three inches of snow. Not one of my subcontractors is going to show up today. <laughs> I did. I showed up today. There you go. There you go. I, I say that to poke at Kirk because he knows I'm out. We sit in meetings and I'm always like, ah, freaking subs. You know, like I, I get this mad anger and he's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Subs, you're talking about me. You know, I, I laughed. I, I woke up and that was the first thing that went through my mind. And we often joke about this take that I have of like, man, I struggle of like trying to get the connection between my homeowner, my client, what I'm building for them, and the communication between my subcontractor that is just like opposite ends of the spectrum. You've done a really good job breaching that gap. You're somebody that can be in front of a client, can be in front of a homeowner, can be in front of a builder, and sell very well, but you can also be out on a job working. And I find that very unique about Red Technologies. Share your thoughts on that. Well, I appreciate that. I'll tell you what I thought when I first woke up this morning. <laughs> Let's hear it. My thought was, how soon into our conversation is that I'm going to say subcontractors? <laughs> well, what did we get a half hour? <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, so your question I was, can you repeat that? Yeah. So I just think ultimately I, I kind of wanted to give you the, the floor to speak to. You're unique. You're not the typical. A lot of my subcontractors I would have a hard time putting in front of my client to trust that they're going to treat the client with respect and sell 
a fair and honest way. I feel like you personally and Red Technologies has done a very good job bridging the gap that I would put you in front of any one of my clients. And I, I wouldn't say that about every trade. See, and I, my question I'm going to add to that is you technically have two clients. You have the contractor and you have the end user, the contractor's clients also. So how do you put all that together? Which correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, a lot of your other trades aren't that way, right? They interface with you. They may do a walkthrough yeah, most with them. the client, but it's, it's, you're, you're their client. Yeah. To be, to be frank, most of them, I wouldn't put in front of my client, to be honest. And that's my point is the majority of that type of position you wouldn't put in front of your client. That's why they hire someone like me is to bridge that gap. But yet you are unique in saying that I can put you. I feel very confident saying you go meet with my client. I'm not going to be there to babysit because I'm confident in you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, that compliment. Yeah. I, you know, I think that probably for the most part, now, now let's be honest. I think most trades or even builders, they, they've gotten into this industry because they were, they, you know, on the audio visual side or technology side, they worked for another technology company and they said, Hey, I can do this better. Right. And so they start their own company. And I think general contractors the same. So a lot of times I think construction company owners don't necessarily have very good business or sales skills because of that. But I think on the, on the technology side of things, it's always been a little overwhelming for general contractors and even for homeowners, right? It's been one of those areas where it's there's complexity there. And, and it's probably because it involves so much as far as so many different types of systems, so many different things that I think we've been relied on over the years to be that go-to. Whereas maybe an electrician or an HVAC contractor, um, it's a little bit easier for the general contractor to wrap their mind around that process and what those those products are. So I would say that probably on our side of things, that might be one of the things that differentiates most technology companies from other trades is they've always had to meet with clients and be client-facing, whereas some of the others haven't. But, but you're right. I haven't really thought about that. But I think that does make it complicated sometimes when, you know, we have two clients. You know, we're working for the general contract. We're putting together budgets based on that. And then, but we also are, are the client of the homeowner. We've got to sit down now and meet with that homeowner and kind of go through that process, which in turn, I think, makes our process of closing the contract with the client or determining what direction they want to go a lot longer as well. But I think that's probably the, the reason why. I will say that on, I can't speak for every other company out there, but we approach things from a, a consultative perspective. Like, and going back to a happy client versus money, right? And, and you and I have had this conversation. Like, you'll you'll meet with a customer and you'll put together what you think that they want based on your high-level high conversations with them, right? And things evolve and change. And maybe they've talked to somebody since then that's had a technology system, you know. And, and, and I'll sit down with that client after the fact, which could be a month or two after you've already had conversations with them. And we start to have conversations about function and possibilities and really high levels. And we find out that that perhaps their direction has changed or they didn't think about something earlier on. So from my standpoint, I always look at it from the perspective of consultant first, sales second, right? Mm -hmm. We've got to understand kind of what the client's needs are, what they're looking for. And then ultimately, the client's not going to be happy in the end if we don't approach it from that perspective. If I'm trying to cram them a round peg into a square hole, right, it's never going to work with a client from this perspective. 
because ultimately when they go to use a system, it's not going to be intuitive. It's not going to be easy to use. And let's be honest, they're interfacing with it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at their network and their mobile devices. This is music, for example. If they have music in in their house that's that we've installed and it's cumbersome and hard for them to utilize, they're never going to use it and they're going to be frustrated. Yeah. So I think that's why we've approached it the way we have over the years. And I think that's probably what differentiates us from some of the other trade partners that you might have is we have to approach it from that perspective to make sure that the end result is positive for the customer. And really what it comes down to is how they're going to use it and what their expectations are. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have contractors that struggle with that process? The issue that we run into most with general contractors is really just spending the time to understand each other's process. Right. And so, yeah, usually what will happen is they'll be like, okay, give me, give me a bit on this. If it's somebody that we haven't worked with before, and I'm like, a bit on what? Like, mm-hmm. well, what you typically do for for right. somebody in this house? Well, that changes dramatically depending on the client, right? And usually if we approach it from that perspective, when we actually meet with the client, it's not at all what it was that they'd want. So, you know, I think that's usually the biggest breakdown is the initial conversations in, in, in that process. And there are a lot of general contractors that don't get that. But it's tough, too, because a lot of those general contractors don't have the resource, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a smaller outfit and it's uh, uh, one guy that's basically doing everything, he doesn't have the time to sit down and figure that out. So yeah. it makes it difficult. That that kind of brings up a point I wanted to come across. What? Why are most, and this is general, this may not be to red, because you guys are very good about it, but why are most subcontractors and trade partners so reluctant to get me, number one, a bid or an estimate pre-job site work, and number two, sign a contract pre-job site work? And again, that pulls away from you. That's probably not a great question for you because Red Technologies is great about that. Well, I love that. Yeah, that's. But man, I struggle with that. I I even get, you know, we'll, we'll get a subcontractor that sends over you know, truly a, a, an email or a handwritten estimate, and we will accept the work and send them back a contract and can't get them to sign it. Well, that's funny because I am the opposite. And I find that with most, actually, that's an interesting question because I find with a lot of general contractors, I'm too process oriented, wanting that contract up front, and they don't like that. Uh-huh. They want to go about it like they've always gone about it, which is give me numbers based off of the plan and we'll just kind of figure it out as things come along. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that way. Like, as you know, for me, it's, I want to have an understanding of what the, uh, I, I want, I want to define the expectation with the client and with you up front so that we know going into it, what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But I would suspect that that's because it's the process, right? I think that if you kind of look back at how the process has always worked for trade contractors, subcontractors, and builder, or general general contractors or builders, I think it's always been that way. It's always been fragmented. It's always been a process of hurrying, get me some numbers so I could put this together for a, a customer. There's not a lot of time and resource to maybe do it right, would be my thought process. And because of that, I think most, I think, well, I think you're different, I think is part of the problem. I think a lot of the general contractors unless they're ultra high-end or, or have a lot of resource, aren't doing that. Yeah, and I, it's funny because we, we just recently did a podcast about my onboarding process, how I bring on the right teammates and the, the, the right team to work for me. And a lot of that is to try to create the right departments to give us the ability to be more detailed up front so that we don't deal with the mayhem later. And, and you had brought up earlier, you know, some of these subcontractors and trade partners are also the guys on site doing the work going home and doing the billing, doing the bidding, doing the client meetings, they're putting on all these different caps and it may be a lack of resources. I've constantly looked at this as 
an area where subcontractors can, in a sense, bill and demand more later if I don't ask them for that pricing up front. I.e., a job is always more difficult when you got done with it. You always needed more money to get that job done than if you just looked at the process up front and said, this is how much we bill for the work. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I would suspect that that process leads to that a little bit as well, right? If you're you're meeting an electrician out on site and they're doing a walkthrough and they've already got a hard bid given and that they've given to you and then the client says, well, but I want this and I want that and I want this, you create a change order. I think that's kind of how the process has always been. Whereas with us, it's not. There is no expectation up front. We're not, like you said in the beginning or a little bit ago, we're not designing our low voltage system based off of a set of plans. Yeah. Because there isn't a plan for low voltage typically, right? And so, you know, we, we try to kind of figure that stuff up, out up front. And I think we're kind of on the hook a little bit more because of that, right? Because we're we're the ones that put it together based oh. off of what we think that the client wants. And so it's a little bit harder, I think, for us on the back end to change order that versus if, no, I gave you a bit based on plans and we walked through it with the client and they wanted this, this, and this. And so the process is I'll just send you a change order and we'll get going, going on the work. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, you know, listen, for anybody listening out there, it is more painful up front to go through due diligence, details, contracts, estimates back and forth. That process is painful, but it results in a happier ending because you're billing, even if it's a change order on the job side, a VPO, whatever it might be, if that stuff gets pre-approved up front, when the bills come into me, I cut the check and we move on. If the bills come into me and they don't match up a pre-approved price, it takes me 30, 45 days to get through that process of talking to my client, talking to my project manager, wondering where we had that variation. So it always becomes a headache later. And then we disagree. We're mad because you need to get paid money for materials and labor. I'm mad because it didn't match what we agree, originally agreed upon. You know, So again, if I can kind of hit one point over the head, and this is different because Red Technologies is very good about this, and this is why we've worked together for the years that we have, but do the due diligence, take the time early on. Well, but think about that client experience when you don't do that due diligence up front and what that means for the client on the back end as you're submitting change orders and things that they're not expecting because they don't have an understanding of what that is. Yeah, an unhappy client, right? And that's what we came to earlier. We right. want to make money and we want to keep a happy client. If we can do both, that's a that's a home run. The reality is the way to get there is to have that process and that due diligence and that detail up front. So, you know, we're kind of getting close to a little bit of a wrap-up time here, pulling it back up to a service level. Give me a couple, you're going to laugh when I say this, but give me a couple things that, man, general contractors do and it just drives you bonkers. Well, the first and foremost would be Give me a bid on that. Give me some numbers. <laughs> bid on what? Well, I don't know what you, you know, they, they don't have the detail up front to tell me what that is. So I've got to have conversations. And, and usually it's a new general contract that we're meeting with, right? Uh, usually after a project or two, we've kind of ironed out what that process is. Uh, what do that's you mean, probably give me a bid on that? Are you talking like they, they give you a set of plans? And they're like, hey, give me a bid on that. Yeah. Give me a bid on a set of plans. Yep. There's no okay. detail Got on it. it. No Got detail. I don't so know. So what is he bidding? I don't know. Got do it. they want network? Do they want audio? Do they want visual? Do they want any automate? I don't know nothing. And so they give me a bid on that. And then it would be, and then from there, a lot of times it's, well, what do you want? Well, what's typical for a house like this? You know, they right. they have no idea. no idea. What they're trying right. to do is put plug in some budget numbers and they don't have a process to ask the questions to figure out what that is. Got it. So that's a huge pet peeve of mine. But once again, leading off of that, really 
not taking the time to sit down and develop a process and have me understand the process and you understand the process and make sure that we're going to jive and have a long-term relationship. You know, when I first got into this business, which uh, about 20 years ago, I mean, that's how it was. It was I remember I was pounding the streets trying to find people that we could give numbers for on projects, trying to close those projects. And we never took the time to sit down and understand the client's process. And the problem with that is, okay, we, we got a bid. Well, we gave them a, a proposal or a bid on something, but we don't have the contract. When are we going to get that contract? And then, you know, oh, four ways next week, can you come out and do this? Well, we don't have a con, you know, none of that's been ironed out or figured out. Same with billing. How are we going to get paid? When do you, when do you bill? Is it once a month? Is it twice a month? What's the cutoff? You know, because if I miss that cutoff, I'm looking at two months before I could get paid on something, right? Totally. So it's understanding that process. And, you know, for me, that's that's the big thing. You know, I'm looking for, and I think this is why it's worked out well for Adam and Brian Holmes and us, is is I'm looking for a long-term relationship. I'm looking for somebody that you guys could count on that's going to do the job and do the job right. It's going to take care of your clients. It's going to help develop a process that's going to be successful for you, your clients, but also for us. And that we could integrate our process with your process and make that work. And, yeah. And not everybody's looking for that, right? And yeah, so. there's been so many times I've succumbed to our industry. And when I say that, I, I've found areas where, you know, I take, go back to the example of, you know, public speaking 101, let's take, where you you tell the person or the group what you're going to tell them. You give your three or four or five points of what you wanted to tell them, and then you reiterate what you told them, right? So when I meet with a client, I say, here's the process we're going to take you through to get your home built. And then I give them the pointers of what that process is. And then as we finish up, we review the process and what they can expect of us. So it's a lot of that communication, that process, right? But when I say I've succumbed multiple times is it's now my responsibility to go back to the trade partners I work with and say, this is what I've sold or told my client on. I need you to help support me in getting there. And truly my my subcontractors support and help us to get there. And I I recognize that. I look at them as the professionals for that particular trade that they're doing. But I've succumbed to my industry of times going, listen, guys, I I pay you when I get paid. Schedule happens when it happens. People are going to show up when they're going to show up. You know, I'll get an estimate or a bill after the work's been done on the job. And the times that I've fallen or succumbed to our industry in that are the times that I'm the most unhappy and I don't make money, which creates a an abrasive experience for my client. You know, so if I were to wrap this whole conversation into one big piece, I look at it and I go, I often feel like I'm fighting against the grain because I'm succumbing to our industry. But the reality is I'm selling my client on a process that I've made. And that's why a lot of clients choose to go with me. They see that my mind falls into a process. And so I'm just like you looking for those long-term relationships that brings in a sub that says we can work on our processes together to ultimately follow a process that the client has been told. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. So I hear often from you, we, we joked about this a little bit today, that subs, man, the subs are driving me crazy. How much of that do you think is the process and getting subs to fall in line with a process? Because we, we talked about that a minute ago, that you know, the, I think the customary way of always doing it isn't very process oriented yeah. from a building perspective. I would say ninety five percent. Listen, it, it is a inner office joke. The trades are going to hate me. I think last week I said I was going to start personality testing all my trades. You know, we've made this joke like I'm going to make them take an enneagram test, and now I've fallen back to like, yeah, I, I get that I can't <laughs> put that much pressure on these guys to find the right trade partners, but a lot of when I say ninety five percent. 
that is my general struggle. We have, we have this joke in the office that I was going to say that one of my subcontractors that I use, who I really like, their process is really pretty good, but he's got a train horn installed in his truck, like literally a train horn. He honks and it sounds, you can hear it across the valley, honk, you know, all the way across the valley. So we always have this joke, like when we see, you know, somebody out in a truck cutting somebody <laughs> off, you know, garbage flying out of the back of their trailer, gravel flipping up on the road. We always have this joke that's just trades honk. You know, like it's our constant <laughs> joke, like freaking trade honk. Nice. And, and I roll my eyes. And this is the same personality you've seen me, you know, portray in a lot of our meetings. And it's not necessarily that I dislike that group that I work with. I like so many of the guys I work with, but they lack the process. And typically when I bring up a process with them and try to get to the point to where you and I have got our typical trade mentality is somebody that's had to bootstrap. They've come from, I worked on the job. I started my own business. I'm now successful. I have to deal with tough employees. I don't want you to tell me what to do. I do this myself. And it can be abrasive when you go to them and say, your process doesn't work with my process. It's, you're almost like trying to cause a fight in a relationship. You don't work well with me, you know? And they go, no, you don't work well with me. You, you kind of start into this battle. So 95% is our processes or lack thereof don't mesh because we either don't have one or they don't have one. Or when we bring that to the attention, the personalities start to conflict a little bit because we're both pretty hard-headed, thick-skulled, I think you could say. Well, but would you say that there's some must-haves in that process? You have to have certain things sure. for for the, well, the end result of the client to be happy, right? And to have a, a good client experience. But some of those probably aren't as critical, right? So it's yeah. would you say it's bridging that gap? Yeah. I mean, realistically, you, you got to be able to bid a job out. You got to be able to provide us a bid, you know, outside of let's just get beyond the, you got to have insurance, got to be licensed, blah, 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 blah. You got to have a bid, got to be able to get us a bid. You got to be willing to sign a contract before you step foot on the job. And you got to be able to communicate with us. Those are must haves. But I have a sub right now that I, I truly like. I have a good friendship with the person. I, I would talk to him on nights and weekends. We're looking at replacing him simply because he's just hard to have on the jobs, man. Every time he's on the job, the whole world knows he's there. He's loud. He's tough to get along with. He's he's abrasive. You know, he'll turn in a bill on a Friday and demand payment on a Monday. You know, even though our contract states it's a it's a thirty day pay, his con his his estimate says it's a ten day pay, and we argue about it. And I go, okay, a ten day pay. You're wanting a one day turnaround. Right. So again, it falls back to I recognize that the pressures are being put on him, that he hasn't been paid for 30, 60, maybe even 90 days from another builder. So he's looking for where can I collect to make payroll happen? And I'm going, that shouldn't be my problem. You know, so no, I can't I can't get a payment on a Friday and turn around and pay you on a Monday. I turn around and, and have the same fight back and go, if I'm going to be your bank, what's my discount? What interest are you paying me? You know, now we've kind of succumbed to a level of argument. That, that causes that struggle. So yeah, I think as we're, as we're kind of getting into a wrap up here, I am looking for people that are willing to work with their process into my process. We can communicate together. We can work through what's best for the client and how do we make money? Because ultimately that's where I want success. I want my clients happy, but I want to make money too. And I think you're probably one step ahead just even having that thought, right? Mm -hmm. Just thinking about this is where we're at or this is what we need, right? Where I think some general contractors probably haven't even thought about that. It's just, ah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's trades honk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You know, ultimately I, I, uh, 
as I established before, I really do appreciate the friendship that we have, the relationship that we have working together. Red Technologies has been a successful trade to us. I know we've kind of gone through our learning curve together, how our processes match. They don't always match up. Sometimes that third party, the client we're working with isn't perfect or, or doesn't understand our process and elects to go another way. But what's always brought us back to working with Red Technologies is the fact that you, you guys do have level heads on your shoulders. Uh, you do have a process. You do know how to work with a client. And I think those are very important. And that's helped us gain success. And I truly hope that it's helped Red Technologies be successful as well. Um, you know, so I appreciate you coming out today and, and taking some of the jokes that we throw your way and uh, taking taking it for what it is, you know. But uh, if there's anything else you want to, you know, blow back my way, shoot across. Let's wrap nope. this up. Thanks for having me. It's been fun, and we we appreciate working with with Breen Homes as well. It's been a great experience over the years. Mm-hmm.